and <laughs> welcome to another episode of JP and the Beans Talk. Hello, I'm your boy Beans, and as always, JP, JP guys, what's up? In the flesh, you bet. Yeah, sorry, we were on a one week hiatus. You know, you gotta go fishing. It just is what it is. I, I had, a, I didn't catch a lot, but you gotta we did. Eat. You gotta eat. Yes. Well, yeah. we didn't eat them either, but. Why'd you come? <laughs> <laughs> For the fun of it? Just the sport? It's the sport. The sport of fishing? Yes, uh, absolutely. What, what do you got here? Dude, yeah, so check this out. Uh, this was just provided to us by a grandmother. Oh, a grandmother? Apples to apples, Marvel version. Express. Express, So it's yeah. faster? Uh, that's what express would mean to me, <laughs> so I'm in on that. I, I don't know. I've just opened the box just now. Artwork on the cards is really cool, so I mean that's that's a bonus. And yes, we're still doing this at a home. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of different characters, right? Yeah, you got a lot of things like going Loki, on. Quinjet, a headache apparently. Okay, well, so there's there's stuff. So where are the green cards? That's the real question. Right. Let's take a look here. Because the red cards are all characters, all different things actors. like mind control and. Gamora and time traveling and sure. Im- oh, here. Oh, there's like adjectives. Oh, impossible. Sure. Okay. Strong. I, for some reason, evil. I thought those two would have pictures. I see what we did there. You know what I mean? I see what, did. I see what we did there. This, this is like it could actually be kind of fun to play. I could do it. I would do it. I would do it a time or two. So you went fishing. Yes. We, we could play apples to apples if we if we dared. <laughs> if We're still brought to you by Ball Mason jars and now. Bubbly. Get some. I, I don't know if I like should feel good, bad, or otherwise about it, but I'm starting to enjoy the carbonated water beverages. Tanner is obsessed with those. And is I he, can't get behind it. Yeah. It's it's taken me some time. Like and here here's what it is, right? It doesn't taste any different to me than what it did before. It's just I remember like picking up one of these cans for the first time years ago and be like, oh this, this looks like it should taste Flavorful, sweet. It's not. It's carbonated water with mild flavoring. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's still just that. But that's what I expect it to be. And you know what? It's a change of pace. So, you cheers, know, bubbly. You know, it's good conversation when they don't even know what you know you're filming. That's how you know we're just right. We're just we're in the flow. in a rhythm. In the flow. Well, I'm glad that you got to go fishing. Yes. That's great. Um, are you doing any other vacations this summer? July. Yeah. End of July, we're going to Tennessee as a family. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Have you been there before? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This would be the second time. Nice. So we're getting like a big cabin full of more family. So. <laughs> Filling it up. Might as well. Might as well. Got family. Because that always turns out great. Invite So. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you'll have a lot of regrets, but that's part of life. That's Five okay. days. Not too bad. Yeah. How so, about yourself? You know, we'll go on one more kind of lake vacation. Not quite end of July. I guess like mid-July. Yeah. Um, my grandparents used to live out in West Iowa near Twin Lakes. And they had a they had a house on the lake. And so we've gone there for for a while. Even though they don't live there anymore, we'll just rent a cabin. And oh, that's hang nice. Out. You know, that, that, that brings up a good point. What What is a cabin anymore is not really a cabin. It's true. Like, this place that we rent, this is a house. Like, straight up, it's a home. But it's not the home of the people that own it. It's their cabin. It's like, yeah. I, I don't live like that. No. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Maybe. 
Maybe. But not yet. Not yet. So let's uh, let's freelance it a little bit today. Let's kind of okay. break the mold. Breaking go, the mold. Yeah. Go where uh, where the fishing and lake winds may take us. Okay. You're into a pretty sweet Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, which I'm excited to hear about. I got through the tie-ins to Dark Knight's Death Metal. That was a good time. Enjoyed that. And then I also, Memorial Day, uh, Mayhem Comics had a sale going on. Buy a couple, get one free. And so I went ahead and got the Batman and Robin collection okay. from when Dick, Dick Grayson. Grayson and Damian Wayne tag team. Super weird. Oh, for sure. Not bad, but just weird. Like Professor Pig shows up. That's a character I'd be okay with if he never showed up again. Dude. Not because he's like a inadequate bad guy, but I don't know that there's a creepier villain that I have encountered uh, in comics pages other than Professor Pig. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever played Arkham Knight? Let's see. No. No. Played, what were the first two? Arkham Asylum, then Arkham and then City, and then Arkham, Arkham Knight yep, is the third correct. one. Correct. No. Is he in that? So oh, he's in he's, it. He's in it, and oh. it is so creepy because uh-huh. you because uh, you go in there, and it sets up like it's a very detective esque mission set sure. set of missions. Like right. so you find the first right. body, oh. then you find the second body, and then you find third, and then you find him. Okay. So the weirdest thing about this dude, well, first of all, he wears a mask. Lots that is a, a pig mask. Yeah. Okay. He's obsessed with singing opera, which. So when you enter the like the level to go beat him, right? He's singing, and he's operating on a body oh. as he's singing. Okay, oh. and his whole thing is he t- turns humans into like dolls, pretty much right. that he can just control. Right. So they have like they're basically his puppets, which is another weird thing. He turns that- them into dolls by like melting motionless masks. Yeah. On their face, which is disturbing. Ugh. And then, for Ugh. some other reason, he's just really, really good at throwing knives. That's his... I'm not even lying to you, either. That's his thing. Yeah, he, he legit... You're Free, going through... But he can throw knives. And you're, and you're Batman, and you're dodging knives with your gauntlets. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's one of the... He might be the creepiest Batman villain. Yeah. He's up there, top three. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. I want to hear turtles first. There's, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. On, on this run, um, so we'll we'll get there. And you're we'll you know what? You're always yet. going back to the time bullets, though. <laughs> Somehow they always bring us back in. Uh, I don't know how. So tell me tell me about Ninja Turtles, right. my guy. So What's up? what kind of a gem did you find here? So this is the first iteration. Of the Ninja Turtles ever. So before they were a cartoon, they were a comic book, and they were a little bit darker. So, for instance... I mean, the artistic style the, looks more gritty. Yeah, the art, it's all black and white. Yep. Like, there's no color at yep. all. Um, they all have the same bandana. They're all red bandanas, so you can't tell which oh, sure. one is which. Sure, I didn't even In the first iteration. Actually. Yeah. So they the all, weapons you'd expect, though, right? Yep, like, same weapons. Okay, okay. And then, uh, but yeah, they all wear the same mask. Yeah. Um, the origin's pretty much the same as they usually go. Not from the original cartoon, but, yep. you know, where he was a rat and then they yep. got on him as well. Right. Because I right. think the 80s cartoon, he was a dude and then got turned into a rat. You're right. I never which watched. Is, which is weird. 
inconsistent. Yes. Right? Turtles get hit with goo, turn into bigger turtles. Man gets hit with goo, turns into rat. Well, this is, I believe this is how it happened. Or did the cartoon so, go a different direction than goo? So, no, I think the cartoon was goo, and then the goo hit the turtles, and because yeah. the last thing they touched was a human, they turned into human-like turtles. Sure. And because the last thing they did turn into was a rat, he, that, that's the last thing he touched was a rat, and then he turned into a rat human. Huh. I think. Okay. But okay, getting loose with the rules, but yes. comics, so cartoons. It's pretty bloody the first issue, and it's like they are not afraid to kill people. I'm pretty sure they kill at least fifty Foot Clan. It's not it, they don't come out and say that they kill them, but it's pretty much implied. And then the Shredder is in the first issue, and everybody loves the Shredder. The Shredder's got the classic look, you know. And then uh, he dies in the first issue too. It by it takes four turtles to beat up one dude. Okay? And he was like, you know what? I'm going to blow you all up. Like, if I if I don't, like, if I die, yeah. you're going with me. Yeah. And then they knock him off a roof, and then he dies. As far as I know, he's dead dead. I'm assuming he comes back. But, but at least, I mean, he's presented as dead. And maybe even more importantly, the turtles are like, you know what? We're just going to kill him. <laughs> right? I mean, that's kind exactly. of like, that's where we're at. So even more of a fun fact, this is something I didn't know. Yep. So they tell the entire origin of how Splinter was like trained under his master because right. he just copied the the ninjutsu moves. Rukusaki. Yes. So his his master was actually a member of the Foot Clan. Okay. And okay. he liked the same woman yep. as the Shredder's older brother. Oh, Shredder's older brother? Yes. Oh, there's a brother. Yes. Oh, wow. So it was his older brother. Okay. And then he was going to beat the girl and then... Splinter's master's like, nah, man. Wow. So he beats him to death. Like, he goes into a blind rage, beats him to death. Whoa. Yes. So he's like, oh, crap, we gotta get out. Because, okay. like, ninjas, like, if you kill somebody, like, it's dishonorable it's the way the, he right, died. The dishonoring family, so, so now has, your family has to kill his family. Or you have to get out. Yep. Like, you either kill yourself or you get out of town. Mm, so they okay. leave Japan, they go to New York. Yep. So then Shredder is the younger brother, and he builds himself in, up in the ranks, and then is put in charge of the New York City branch of the Foot Clan. Right. And his whole thing is he's going to kill the guy who killed his brother. So then... Okay. That okay. guy kills... That guy... So Shredder kills Splinter's master. Yep. And then... And then Splinter's like, well, I want my revenge. And then raises the four turtles for the pure purpose of killing the Shredder. Wow. That's, that's actually fairly dark. Yeah. Like... Fairly grim. I'm trying to think even... Did you watch the original movies? Have you seen those? Like yeah, the oh, those are fantastic. Movies? Those are fantastic. Those are great. Those are great. I'm trying to think back to the origin story there. I remember there being a, a female involved that I think it was Splinter's master and then Shredder were in some kind of dispute over. So I don't remember there being yeah. an older brother, but I don't mind that twist. That's, yeah, because I that's think... Pretty, that's pretty clever. I think in the movie, Shredder just kills the dude. Right. Right. And then, I th yeah. actually, I think he kills them both. Because right. in this one, the yeah. Shredder does kill them both, too. But, yeah. So, so far, Mikey Mikey isn't that funny in this, either. That comes later, huh? Like, Leo, like Leo is definitely the leader. Okay. Donnie's still the one with all the tech stuff. Sure. But he doesn't go, like, in-depth, in-depth with it. Okay. But you can tell. And then Raph's got the most personality. He's the funnest one in here. Really? And, fun fact, him and Mikey are best friends. 
Boy, that's... What? That's not how it is. Never. Incredible. He's like, yeah, they're the two that get along the most. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then Casey Jones was in this, too. Nice. So Casey Jones shows up pretty early. He, uh, he had an actual spinoff issue with Raph. It was just solely focused on Raphael because he almost killed Mikey. <laughs> oh, boy. And they told him to go outside. Like, go for a walk. I'm going to look up. The author is Peter Laird. Correct. Yep, and then well, okay. Peter Laird and yep. uh, Kevin Eastman. Okay, I don't, I don't know which one did most of the stuff, but sure, um, sure. But yeah, so so far, you know, I'm seeing this, this is sh- back in the '80s, correct? Yes, fantastic. And I've seen, uh, I've seen the Shredder so far. I've seen the Triceratons. Do you remember those at all? The Triceratops alien guys. Very little, like not super well. I remember it being a thing, and that's that's it. There's a robot in here that I recognize, and then there's a uh, the alien people in the suits. Okay. Krang's people or whatever. Yep. Yep. Freaking Krang. The guy who looks like uh, the amoeba girl in Finding Nemo. <laughs> that's my best. Uh, that's great. My best comparison. Huh. But yeah, and then they changed up. They made it more campy for kids to buy action figures, and that's why right. it went to a lighter tone. But I grew up with the 2003 Ninja Turtles, mm, which okay. actually okay. plays a lot more like this, yeah. but not as dark still. But like they take a lot of... Uh, like That's where I recognize half of it. Like sure. a- April O'Neil in this is not... She does not start off as a uh, journalist. She's not a news anchor or whatever. Okay. She's actually a uh, she's a assistant to Baxter Stockman and helps create create some robots. So yes, and that's, that's what they do for the 2003. Amazing. So yeah, well, it's kind of curious. I'm just looking at a quick bio of the two authors. Like neither of them really have done anything even close to the same level of what they accomplished with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. For, like, that yeah. is legitimately, uh, and by a long shot, their biggest you know, their biggest creative success. And frankly, it looks like they've each kind of try, tried to hold on to that ever since, which, fine, I guess, you know, but I, I, I don't know, there's just so many comic book authors, right, that start or that bounce from character to character or franchise to franchise or they they use this honestly would have been like your jump off book like you write right. this and then right. you show them like hey i can qualify for marvel and dc and then they go jump over there correct but uh there is i heard the current ninja turtle run is really good mm-hmm. and there's actually one that i want to read when it's a mini series and when it's done i want to read it but it's called the last ronin have you heard okay. anything about this okay no so it's uh it's in an alternate universe yeah. where only one of the turtles survives. Ooh. The other three brothers are dead. And so far, they haven't revealed which brother is alive. Okay. Okay. Like, he's got all their weapons. And, yeah. So, wow. I kind of want to read that when that's done. You know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's a couple comic book lines that I have yet to delve into. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one. The other that I would like to get into at some point would be the Star Wars comics. Yes. I've heard that those are really entertaining. I just don't even know where to start. I, so I, I, I got to do a little digging to figure out, okay, where's the right 
entry point. Like, I think there's been some really good Darth Vader stuff. I've actually said Marvel. I heard, I've heard great things about the Marvel Vader run. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big ones. Yep. I know they yep. do. They do a good job at fleshing out Kylo Ren a little bit. In one sure. of them. Uh, yeah, the Vader one is the one I've heard the most yeah. about, to be yeah. honest. But a lot of the Dark Horse Star Wars has been is like a lot of people were pissed when that got like retconned. Oh, because oh, okay. like Luke has a daughter. Yep. In it and like. Yep. It's they have like three kids I think Luke does mm. and like one of them turns well one goes to the dark side obviously sure and then oh. one's always got to go to the dark side well yeah for sure yeah but I heard those are really good too yeah yeah that's pretty I don't but that that's pretty cool the only Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic that I've read was the crossover with Batman which was entertaining I heard that was solid that was really entertaining. I think you have to have like realistic expectations going into it. Like it's not going to be, um, I don't know, it's not going to be anything spectacular from a storytelling perspective. But it's you got to embrace it. It's the turtles and Batman. Yeah, so for sure. There's a little bit of goofiness to it that, as long as you're willing to get on board with, rewarding, like worthwhile, really good stuff. What have you enjoyed about it the most so far? Because you're almost all the way uh, through it, but you still got five issues, a little ways in. to go. So. Basically, like I said, it's just kind of comparing like what I grew up with as a kid because I was yeah, yeah. super into Ninja Turtles growing up. Right. Like super oh. into Ninja Turtles. Oh. It was my stuff. It was my shit. Well, they've just gone like through generational phases too because I loved the early 90s cartoons. Yeah, see, and I never even got into those. But, but, but that's the thing. Like they just have kind of been, I don't know, that era just kind of gets dismissed. Next era, they just get reinvented. Yeah, um, not saying that as a negative necessarily, but it's fascinating to me that something that is a creation of like I was born in '87, right? So this is really close '84 and '85 yeah. to me showing up on planet Earth. So it's pretty fascinating to me that like this set of characters has persisted, like hit a same hit the similar dem- demographic for several generations now. Like yeah. for my generation, it was a thing. For yours, it was a yep. thing. In between and after, I mean, it's it's still there. Every still, Saturday morning, it's I was up. pretty fascinating. But uh, so, I'd say my favorite thing so far is they actually feel like they could be killed. Hmm. Like the turtles feel like they could be killed. Sure. Like in the cartoons, you're like, oh, they're not gonna die. No, no, but here, no. like in like the third issue, Mikey like got his arm cut up real bad, mm. and like they had to stitch that up. Yeah, and then. They go on a police chase. Like, Casey's a crazed lunatic <laughs> who just ends up teaming up with Raph, but Raph's like, dude, you Casey need to calm Jones. down. And if, Raph, and if Raph is telling you to calm down, like, that should say something. That should be a sign. But, yeah, I'd say so far, which sounds really insane because they're already on another planet in, like, four issues. I'm four or five Wild. issues in, and they're already on another planet. So... <laughs> Like, should that work? Like, should the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles genuinely have persisted for this long through this many generations? Like, is it just the sheer weirdness of it? Absolutely. I think... That's great. I just... I think each, like, reboot or whatever, they they, they take their own little spin on it. Yep. And because, I mean, like, the 80s cartoon, that was more like... 
like I said, they were trying to sell action figures. So right. it was more of a... Always that merchandise, man. I guess I shouldn't say too much because I never watched it. But was there like a continuous storyline throughout yeah. the whole thing? There yeah. was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty consistent thread. Very lighthearted. Like, very, very lighthearted. Yeah. Nothing even transitioning close to dark. Like, Shredder at times is almost comically incompetent. Like, there are no bad guys that are genuinely... You're going, oh, man, they could really mess up the Turtles. Especially, like... As an adult watching it, it's yeah. incredible how low key it is. It's so it's so mild, but I loved it as a kid. See, and then I remember watching the two thousand three series, sure. and like Shredder was a threat. Like he yeah. wanted them dead. Yeah, like they didn't. He maybe not have came out and said it, but you could tell. Like he was just he was badass. Shredder yeah. was badass, and then they had a he had a big like uh, he had a big dude named Hun. He was ripped. You should look him up. He's ripped. Had a dragon tattoo across his arm. Led the purple dragons. Nice. He was scary. The dude could, like... Him and Rav always had the best fights, from what I remember. Nice. Yeah, that dude right there. That is Han. That's great. But they re- they go into mutants as well, a little bit more. Like, there's other okay. mutants in this okay. one. And sure. Yeah, I had all the action figures, dude. I had all of them. The action figures were so cool. So that's that's kind of what I like. I like comparing, like I like ha- ha- seeing how similar this is to some of the actual cartoons yep. that I grew up with. Right. Yeah, and then he got that scratch mark. Professional ponytail. He got that scratch mark from Splinter, when Splinter was just a, a wee little that's rat. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. What so. a cool deal. What a cool deal. Okay. Hun. But yeah. That's good. Are you enjoying this enough? I see it's volume number one. You think you'll go volume two as well? Yeah, probably. I I need to. I'll probably have to order it off of Amazon. Sure. But yeah, so far I like it a lot. And like I said, I just I want to compare it. It makes me want to go watch yeah. the two thousand three cartoon again. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the eighties cartoon, so I need to knock that off my list too. You know what? You watch it. Like watch a few episodes, and that'll probably be enough. I think it'll be kind of hard to like get all the way through just because it's so it's so lightweight. Like I bought a DVD of it a while ago and watched it with our kids, and like now at this stage of life, I'm like, okay, this is a little a little lean here on the action. Like we're just I think I you need a little more gravity. Let's let's have something serious take place. I think you underestimate me. I think I could probably watch the whole series and be fine. This is coming from the guy who watched Darkwing Duck as a joke originally and then fell in love with it and now like watched it all the way through and I can't. Fair enough. That's that's my boy right I there. I won't shortchange you. Let's nor get dangerous, I, baby. Nor will I disrespect Darkwing Duck. You can't hero. disrespect him. No. No. No, absolute hero. Yeah. No, TMNT is really cool. I, let's see, I enjoyed, and I know if I go back and watch it again, I would think, oh, this is so dumb. But I actually enjoyed the most, the most recent live action movie. They did two, didn't they? I didn't watch any of Michael Bay's. Yep. I didn't watch either one. I watched the first one. It was pretty funny. Yeah? For what it, again, again, you have to like have expectations of this is going to be over the top. This is going to be dumb. It actually... Maybe one of the best parts of it, it came out with a really sweet soundtrack. Yeah? Like, the actual uh, the theme song, legit. Well, Michael really Bay does good. know how to do his action scenes. I'll give him that. And he yes. knows how to blow stuff up. Correct. 
Correct. But I uh, I was listening to... It was ridiculous. The guy, it was ridiculous, but it, it was entertaining enough. The guy who played Raphael in that, yep. like he, they're not going to make another movie sure. with Michael Bay. Sure. But he came out and said, he's like, that was one of the worst productions I've ever been a part of as an actor. So I was like... That's always pretty safe, right, to trash Michael Bay if you're an actor or actress. Like, nobody's going to dispute that. Like... No, come on, Michael Bay. He's got such a good reputation. Well, he did have that issue with Megan Fox too in Transformers, wasn't it? Yeah, but he cast her in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah, that's why I was so confused. Right. So who do we believe? I, I don't. don't. I don't know. I don't know. Will Arnett, the voice of Lego Batman, is in that movie as yeah, well? Yeah, as what though? Just a cameraman. A guy. Just a guy. He's just a dude. Just a dude. That makes no sense to me. He's the dude. Okay, because this is in all the Transformers movies. It's Shia LaBeouf's role, and now it's Will Arnett's role to draw attention to Megan Fox's attractiveness. That's it. That's his role. It's like, what are you here for? Hey, Shia LaBeouf in the first Transformers movie is fantastic. Okay. I like Shia LaBeouf. Okay. But I've got no beef with Shia LaBeouf. Well, apparently he's kind of a turd of a person. At least that's how he's been portrayed. I don't know. The poor guy's been through a lot, I think, mentally. (laughs) Yeah, not sure. Not sure he's he's handled it super well. No, but anyhow, he's making his comeback though. Yeah, he'll be okay. I think you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're right where they are. Like they can stay away. I think from the live action movies. I don't know if and when there will be a right time for live action movies for those characters because I I, I, I love the original movies. Those are super entertaining, but. Even now with uh, with motion capture, yeah, you can make it look semi-cool, but I don't feel like from a movie perspective, they've really got a place to live. For, I think they're better off in the cartoon, 20-minute segments, you know what I mean? Episode yeah. here, episode there. I don't see it being a two-hour block of time where you're going to go, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this and enjoy it. For me, those are characters that shouldn't be made to look realistic. Yep. Like, if you're going to do a real yep. live-action movie, you need to go with the route that, okay, they need they need to look they need to look cartoony. Like, that's why the first trilogy is really good, because it, they look... I mean, they're puppets. They're, they're puppets. They're cartoony. And that's how they should look. And then you right. get this more realistic take, and that's probably part of the reason I didn't like it. Like, I didn't like the look, yeah. so I was like, I don't care to watch this. But, uh... I mean, that's they almost made that mistake with the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Do you remember seeing any of the first pictures of Sonic? That was horrific. And then they're like, okay, obviously oh, wow. no one likes this, and they came back, and the it was like they ripped him out of the video game. Jeez. Brutal. Which is how they should do it. It right. should look like they ripped him out of the video game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nah, we won't endure with this. This is struggling. What were you looking up? I was trying to look up like when that movie, when the heck that came out. Which one? The Ninja Turtle movie? Correct. The first one? The, the more recent one. Oh, the more recent one? I yeah. want to say 2012? That's what I had in my mind as well, was a, was a 2012 release. It had to have been 2012, right? Something like that. Because I think I was in high school, or middle school. Now I'm curious. It's all right. It's all right. I'll Google it. I'll Google well, it. good for you for finding a gem at uh, at Barnes and Noble. Oh, that's it's not easy to do, especially like older comics. You have to you have to dig a little bit for that. Uh, so that's that's pretty sweet. That's really sweet. Well, I 
anything else you want to say with uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I, I could talk Ninja Turtles for hours, bud. Absolutely. So, but I'm good right now. Okay. Well, since we, we teased it a little bit a week ago, you know what? I might, I might actually save that. I'm going to go off on my own. You're going to go Batman and Robin. I'm going to go Batman and Robin. Yeah, I want to save Death Metal. because. So here's what I've done with Death Metal. We'll give a little, another little tease, right? We talked Dark Knight's Metal a couple weeks back. So Death Metal... Uh, there is a third tie-in that hasn't been as well received and has not been uh, emphasized as terribly critical either, so I'm probably just going to go hard pass on that. But got through the original. We're just going to prop up the artwork again because, baller, so good. And then there's the Darkest Night tie-in. Now, as you may recall, one of the best, I thought, features of the original Dark Knight's Metal story line was... The origin stories yes. of the Dark Batman. It feels like they intentionally didn't do that in this one. Like there's origins for take a look. There's origins for the the other versions of the Dark Batman in here, but they are like three to four pages long, and that's it. I love like how super brief. I love how one looks like a, a very disturbed Doctor Strange, <laughs> and you have another right. one that's just casually driving a monster truck. No, it just is the truck. Oh, he's the truck he's itself? He's just the truck. Just uploaded his consciousness into the truck. Well, I knew he did that with a dinosaur. And that. Yeah. So it, it's different. I think they they may have outsmarted themselves a little bit, like trying to not go down the same path. So in that sense, it's a little bit of a letdown because I really enjoyed that with the death metal, uh, or sorry, the, the Dark Knight's metal storyline. Like those origin stories were awesome. And... They just don't really, they, they don't really take the time to do that this time. It's more like, yeah, yeah you're just getting a couple pages. All hail the B-Rex. Here and there, it's, <laughs> that's hilarious. It, it's, it He's honestly plays more, yeah, it honestly plays more for laughs than anything else. Um, oh, so they, there's, there's some, but there's still some really good tie-in material in there. So now that I've gone through that, and read the main thread, what I need to do is kind of go side by side and read them in tandem to get my head around the story. Because it's pretty, uh, there's some pretty abstract ideas in there. It tries to tie into uh, all the previous <coughs> crises that have taken place in the DC Universe, right? So you've got Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was the first crisis back in the 1980s. Then you have Infinite Crisis, which was early 2000s. Then Final Crisis took place 2010s, mm-hmm. like prior to the New 52 uh, reboot. Um, and then since then, this, you could sort of call it a crisis, I guess. It's a crisis without calling itself a crisis. They're um, always in crisis. Right, right. But there's a lot of good material here, so I just want to give it its due diligence to Tackle it in tandem. So there's some really good tie-in material here. I'm Like I said, bummed that they didn't go in-depth with all the Dark Knights again. That would have been fun. Um, but they chose not to, and I think they gave more of their time and attention from a creative perspective on telling a bigger story with Death Metal than they did with Dark Knights Metal. So it's good. A lot of good stuff. Very entertaining. The artwork's fantastic, whether it's the tie-ins or the main thread. But again, I can't say enough about Greg Capullo. That guy's just a stud. Um, we're going to get into his stuff down the road. But oh. Greg Capullo, oh, yeah. oh my goodness. 
<laughs> just some hilarious. I just I had to I like I kept looking at that. <laughs> Batman Bane is sick. Yep. Yeah. That one's okay too, but I just like oh. yeah. They they go pretty far. The indeed. concepts and this is insane. Yeah, they go bananas with the concepts. So got through that, and then shortly thereafter, dove into Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison. All right, Grant Morrison, one of the uh, one of the authors of the aforementioned Crisis, Final Crisis, which I believe I I pooped all over a couple of weeks ago, and I will. I will maintain that position because I don't know what the flip to make out of that comic. No one does. Like, no one does. It's it's just a mess. It's just a mess. Listen, Grant Morrison's a really clever dude. He's written some very cool stuff. Um, and he's always very uh, very thoughtful with what he writes. Like, he's always trying to be pretty high-minded, kind of push the edge. Yes. Make you think a little bit. Um, more so than other comics writers that... I would say are just out to entertain at times, so I respect him for that. Um, but man, Final Crisis—he needed somebody sitting in that room with him, going, "What, what are you doing here, man? Rain it in, rain it in." Uh, but this is one of those times he did rain it in. All right, so we're talking pre-pre-Final Crisis. No, excuse me, post-Final Crisis. He rebounds with Batman and Robin. Batman is dead with. Time bullets, or shall we say, the Omega Sanction. So Darkseid smokes Batman in the Final Crisis with his Omega Beams, killing him, except it doesn't kill him, it uh, sends him back in time. And so then we get Dick Grayson stepping in, laying down his Nightwing mantle, because he doesn't want everybody to know that Batman is dead. So he is literally stepping into the Batman mask, trying to maintain the persona of Batman. And one of the really cool parts of the story is that there are individuals that don't know Batman's identity. Jim Gordon, for example, who when Dick Grayson is interacting with him, yeah. Jim Gordon can tell it's like, all right, you're different, but he's also savvy enough to know it still doesn't matter who you are. You're still doing the right thing in the right way. So I'm not not going to worry about yeah, cause isn't there it. Not going to worry about it. I remember that like one comic panel where Jim turns away and he turns back. He's like, oh, you're still here? <laughs> he's, and, and he's like, yeah. yeah, you're definitely a different dude because you would have been gone by now. <laughs> yeah, like, it, but that's one of the really clever parts of the story is that Dick Grayson is like one of the ways he stands out as being different than Bruce Wayne's Batman is that he's just more polite like at interacting with Jim Gordon. And so... The Jim Gordon and the cops like genuinely prefer Dick Grayson's Batman to Bruce Wayne's, just because he's uh, he's just a little more enjoyable to interact with, right? A little bit better business partner. So the other cool twist, right? You got Dick Grayson, who is the polite. You can take a peek at these as well. Oh, yeah, sweet. Is the polite version of Batman, and then he is teaming up with Damian Wayne, who's a dick. <laughs> but a really effective Robin. Like, in the pantheon of Robins, you've got Damian Wayne as the most recent. Prior to him, it was uh, Tim Drake. Wait, no, Jason yep. Todd? No, Tim Drake's right. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake was just Robin for a very long time. That's right. And Jason Todd. Was not a Robin for very not long. Not very because long. Because Crowbar. Yeah. And Dick Grayson. Uh, who is the OG. Yeah. Dick Grayson, always going to be at the top. But Damian Wayne steps into the role as Robin 
upon the death of his father and as like a 10 or 11 year old. So it's kind of pushing the, it's pushing the messed upness. I don't know the right word, so I'm just kind of making up words. But there's always that part with Robin where it's like, wait a minute, you're with Batman who's beating the snot out of bad guys and you're just a kid. That's never really, the light never really gets shown on that yeah. for how kind of not right that is. And this comic definitely does that. Because Damon, Damian Wayne, his mother being Talia al Ghul, he has an upbringing already of, dude, you're just being raised to kill people. Like, you're an assassin. And so he has a very, like, well-trained dark side uh, that he's been, that's just in him. And so Dick Grayson, a lot of what he's trying to do as Batman is almost like redeem Damian Wayne, like keep him on the right path. Because Damian Wayne, like countless times, like, can I just kill this guy? It'd be so e so much easier if I could just kill him. Can I just kill him? And Dick Grayson's like, no, 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 you can't. That's not what we do. It's not what Batman does. It's not what Robin does. It's not what you're going to do. Um, and so it's a really fascinating dynamic between like almost... You can look at it this way, okay? Batman is always struggling with that challenge of the Joker in particular. Yeah. Listen, if you just killed the guy, it'd be that much easier. And Dick Grayson is really the personification of the best parts of Batman, like the most altruistic, the most caring of others. And then Damian Wayne is like the worst parts of Batman. Like, yeah. I just want to kill the guy. Like, I could hurt him so much worse than you just did. <laughs> it's like, oh my That's God. That's what like, happens when you're raised by Talia for yeah, a few years. Yeah. And so it's a fascinating look at Batman without it actually being Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because you're seeing both the, the light and the dark sides of that character embodied by these two characters that on their own merits really stand out in a, in a strong way. And so it's a lot of fun to watch that dynamic. Um because it's so, oh my gosh, they're such opposites of each other. <laughs> um, it, it's great. I think the biggest criticism I have is that, so Grant Morrison in the initial uh, initial issues paired up with Frank quietly, or maybe it's quitly, I guess I'm not sure. Um, and Frank has a really distinct style. So like the cover art, this is Frank. And he does all of the, or most of the initial issues here. And they're a really good team because it like his art, Frank's art really fits Grant's writing style, and they paired up for All Star Superman, which is an awesome story. Super, and when Grant Morrison gets weird, like it's good for him to have an artist that can kind of get weird <laughs> with him. Gotta get weird. You gotta be able to get weird. You gotta get weird. And unfortunately, they don't maintain their their tandem throughout this whole storyline. And that's one of my like just pet peeves with comics in general is when like you get off to a really great start with the story yeah. and then the artist changes. Like even if it's a good change, I'm like, what? Because then the consistency messes up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to feel it's it, hard to feel like, like it's, it's the same story. The same story that it's super consistent. So it's uh, it is what it is. It's still really worthwhile, but I think I really preferred the artistic style uh, in the first several episodes. But part of what's cool, right, is Bruce Wayne's gone they're trying to bring him back because they realize, hey, he's not dead. He's just trapped in time. And so it leads into another really cool Grant Morrison storyline called Batman Incorporated. Yeah, because Bruce still is, like, dead. Right. But then he goes around recruiting bat people for around the, right. around the globe. Right. So when Bruce comes back, part of his experiences in the past kind of forces him into this revelation of, okay, 
we need more than just me. We need Batman all over the globe. So he goes on a globe-trotting recruiting we, event. We need more than just one of me. Yeah, to equip, like to identify, recruit, and then train up and equip Batman for like every nation. Talk in about the world. an ego, bro. Yeah, that is a huge yeah. ego. Nation, just like almost nations too broad. It's almost like geographic region. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a really, really cool storyline that we'll get into. But I think it was pretty cool that they they took a breath, got out of the Bruce Wayne, Batman, but they didn't waste a lot of time with like mourning, oh man, Batman's dead. They let us actually see, well, what would it be like if someone else was Batman? For sure. Um, so really cool story. Fun to see Damian Wayne get a good run uh, in this storyline as well because I think he's an awesome Robin. Like Dick Grayson... Is probably always going to be the number one. The number one, but then it's Damian Wayne. I think. I mean, a lot of people would argue with you, Tim Drake. Sorry, Tim. Although, can we talk about how that dude got the shaft? Because, well, first, because obviously Dick's like, dude, I see you as an equal. I don't want you to be my Robin. Sure. Which, fine. But right. then he's like, you know what? I'm going to go buy the Red Robin. Which, by the way, isn't even a change of no. color scheme. No. It's the same suit with just an extra R. It was a soft, soft rebrand. Tim is supposed to be super, super smart, and he couldn't come up with another name for himself. You know and, how the Washington Redskins are now the Washington football team? Yeah, they, that was pretty much it. Right. And they right. S- they still can't come up with anything. No. They're talking about keeping it that way. Ugh. But yeah. And then you have, uh, and he went by Drake for a little bit too, for like. A very small run, mm-hmm. and then he gets made fun of because he's like, "You once, Damien goes, you once went by your last name." <laughs> you realize how many people could have figured that out? Good move, bud. Good move. Because yeah, Tim and him go at it quite a bit, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they did yeah, not, not like lot, each other not a lot in this run. They don't. They don't really allow them to interact a whole lot. They keep it pretty, pretty limited to mostly it's Dick Grayson. Damian Wayne, a lot of good Alfred time in good. here. A lot of good. great Love Alfred Alfred. interactions. One of my favorite parts about Damian Wayne is that he consistently refers to Alfred as Pennyworth. <laughs> like he never calls him Alfred. It's always Pennyworth. Is that out of respect? I think so. Yeah, it's certainly not in a disdainful manner. Um, you can definitely hear him saying it arrogantly, though. Like, it's, a, it's an aspect of Pennyworth. his character where he, I think, kind of by default chooses to address individuals by their like as formally as he can like you can tell that's just part of how he was raised and so he he doesn't refer to dick grayson as dick it's grayson grayson yeah but he throws a lot of pennyworths in there uh so alfred's the best bat fan oh yeah so a lot a lot of good alfred in these uh in these episodes it's great um and I've read Batman Incorporated, so it was fun to see some of the characters from that run get uh, get some time in here as well, pre-Batman Incorporated. And that's one of those storylines that survived the New 52 reboot. So we'll, again, we'll get into that in its own time, in its own way. Um, but that was such a cool story that had the misfortune of not resolving when the new 52 started and so it kind of had to get carried over somehow even though yeah. all the characters were supposed to be rebooted uh, but good stuff i really enjoyed it 
Oh my gosh, Professor Pig is awful. Like, what a He's creep. He's a scary Whoa, dude, man. Super creepy. He's super scary. Super unsettling. So I'm glad you got to... Is that the first time you, like, witnessed him, by the way? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just recently? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I messed up. After this, I'm playing, I'm playing an Arkham Knight clip of him coming in, because it's Brrr. so freaky. No. It's, uh. it's messed up. But something I like about Grant Morrison's style is that he... He's one of those authors where he intentionally doesn't tell you everything about some yeah. of the characters. So he'll introduce, like, there's plenty of things about Professor Pig in here that he just doesn't, like, flesh out and explain. But he does it on purpose. He, like, wants you to embrace that mystery and just yeah. let your mind fill in the blanks of, well, what, what How many this people be? has this dude messed up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... How many knives has he thrown? It's nuts. Quite a bit. It's nuts. And of course, the Joker shows up at some point. Of course, just to just to be there, just to be a guy. Well, I noticed two of the three covers is basically being like Damien. No, <laughs> yeah, don't kill this. Yeah, person. No, no, <laughs> don't, don't do it. So good stuff. Good, good old run. Uh, easy. Again, something I appreciate about comics is when you can just kind of jump into it and not feel like, well, I'm lost. All you need to know, and it's explained right away. Bruce Wayne is not here. Like Bruce Wayne is gone. He gone. He gone. But Dark Side gonna, took care of him. It stays nice and self-contained, where you can enjoy the Dick and Damien dynamic quite a bit, which is a little bit of a double entendre because Damien is a Dick. He really is. He really is. But <laughs> also pre pre Dagon entertaining. So good stuff. Good to know. Yeah, good stuff. So should we talk about how you haven't watched Loki yet? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, listen. Owen Wilson is glorious. I heard. Oh my gosh. Well, actually, I haven't heard much about his, to be honest. But I figured Owen Wilson always does a good job. So. He is not disappointed. I wasn't too worried. No. Like, not that there was a real risk of the MCU casting a well-known actor or actress that then just clearly mailed it in. Because there's there's been a lot of actors and actresses of really, like, high regard. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Who, why can't I think of the name of the gentleman that played Peter Quill's dad, that played Ego? Oh, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, right? Kurt can do whatever he wants. He's like, yeah, I'll be a planet. And he decides to be in a Marvel movie, and he does a great job in his role. I'm going to be a planet that does everybody. Right, right. Like, Kurt could have very (laughs) easily mailed that in and said, I'm just taking the paycheck. I don't know what the flip is going on. This is weird, but... Give me my money and I'll, I'll look pretty for you. But he, he does a great job oh, in yeah. that movie and in that role. And so I feel like at some point we're going to get a movie or a show where it's kind of cringeworthy of, oof, this person, they shouldn't have been in this. Like, they don't want to be here. They, they're not interested. And we haven't gotten it yet. But we haven't gotten it yet. It's been a long time. So kudos. Although, although there are a few actors that haven't come back. Right. Like Hugo right. Weaving. As yeah. the Red Skull, he's like, and that's that's understandable. Yeah, I, you get that. But Owen Wilson, he's not going to be the guy that mailed it in. He's great. He Good. is so he is so great, and he and Tom Hiddleston as Loki, a lot of fun to watch their dynamic back and forth. Um, it makes me miss Owen Wilson so badly. I don't think I've seen Owen Wilson in anything, and I don't even know how long. Dude, I think the first movie I saw Owen Wilson in was uh, Night at the Museum. He's playing a f- two, three-inch two dude. two-inch cowboy. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. 
And then yeah. after that, uh, well, he's Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. That's he's right. good in other stuff. He's great in that. You ever see Shanghai Noon? Uh-uh. Him and Jackie Chan? Uh-uh, I don't oh, think so. Early 2000s. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Good kung fu nonsense, and Owen is just gold. And then I've seen him in uh, Starsky and Hutch. Okay. Isn't that that another one? Yep. Wedding Crashers. Seen that. Wedding Crashers is is classic. Oh, so good in Wedding Crashers. So. Were you the one that used to quote that movie all the time at work? Or somebody else was? Still do. Okay, I think that was you. It's incredible. I thought you were the Wedding Crashers guy. No, Owen can't be stopped. So he's. He's a delight. Um, I'll tell you something that's really cool about that first episode that isn't going to spoil anything, but the design is fantastic. So the TVA oh, okay. looks like a like 1960s, 1970s like office space. <laughs> it's really? hilarious. And I think it's played mostly for laughs Yeah, um, because they have this immense like power and control and yet they look so like out of date <laughs> it's like what what are you guys doing running all this stuff you shouldn't be trusted with this but they've got fax machines i mean rolodexes it just it's a hoot so very good stuff um i would say a strong first episode i'm fascinated to see where they end up going with the yeah. show this definitely feels like a show that is going to more directly impact what we see come out next. That's what I've been hearing quite a bit of. Yeah, like WandaVision, right, when it ended, it was clear that, okay, we we know what's going to happen for that character or what direction she's going in the movies. But as far as, like, the MCU as a whole, I wouldn't call it super impactful. It's more contained to those characters. Similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And don't get me wrong, like, as those characters change, like, that does impact... Yeah, the MCU as a whole, but not like as a complete plot and storyline. Yeah, but just in the way that hey, when a character changes and develops, it's going to, it's going to change how they're presented in the movies. For sure, this feels like it's going to be required viewing if you want to understand where the next movies are going to come, like where they're going to reveal themselves, like where they're going to kick off from. Like I don't think you would have to watch Wandavision. This is my hunch. I don't think you'd have to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I think you're going to have to watch Loki. Yeah, that that's just how it feels um, with how much they're raising the stakes. But the storytelling in one episode is already great. Like the the amount of conflict they're setting up for these next episodes to have to resolve is pretty pretty freaking tremendous. What have you What have you heard so far? Because I don't want to spoil so, anything for you. So what I've seen, yeah. from the first episode, yep, or, or heard of, a lot of people are theorizing right now that Kang is going to come in at some point. Sure, like this is what's going to set up Kang the Conqueror. Pretty popular theory. He's supposed to be showing up in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Right, that's his first appearance, which is right. an odd place to just throw him in, but that's fine. Uh, but, and he could be the next Thanos, honestly. Yep. He's that level of a character. I don't yep. think he will be. Right. I, they better freaking set up Dr. Doom. Don't even get me started on that. But anyways, besides the point. Good boy. Besides the point. The good doctor. Yes. Uh, I've seen that a little bit. I know I've heard he might be going through like different points in time to try to fix the timeline. Isn't that what their goal is? And like, I do know like 
the infinity stones for them are worthless. Sure. Sure. Yeah, there's a really... Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Which kind of would, like, make Loki's whole point of existence just... Minute. (laughs) Something I appreciated about that episode is there is enough new material to chew on. It obviously had to tread some previously seen by us material um, because it's the 2012, it's the Avengers Loki. Yeah. Uh Like Avengers, that story ends, that first movie concludes. That's the Loki we're dealing with, not the Loki that we've seen most recently in Thor Ragnarok. Because I I understand they catch him up, don't they? Right. They catch him up to the main line. Right, you're seeing a lot of material that you've seen already as a viewer, which I didn't mind. Um, Might be good to catch up. It's just necessary. Like, you have to. Um, Man, where was I I going with this? But that's that's where I was. I I regained my thought, regained my momentum. So the trailers... You know, on the one hand, you think, man, it seems like they showed a lot in the trailers. There's maybe like five seconds of material that we saw in the trailers that we didn't see in episode one. Really? Which means there's a lot that we don't know, that we haven't seen, that they didn't show us yet. I am stoked for that. See? Stoked. You almost think they're going to run into Steve Rogers at some point. The man who went back and fixed the timeline and then stayed in another timeline. Right. Like, he definitely... How did they not pull him out? Yeah. There, there's <laughs> like, there's almost... For as many answers as they give in the first episode, as much world-building as they do to kind of establish the rules, when they're establishing the rules of, hey, what does the TVA do? While they're trying to... I mean, this is without, like, giving too much away. They're just trying to maintain the... Gosh, what do they call it? The... The superior timeline or the the pure timeline, right? There's this single thread that is supposed to be maintained. Yep. That's their job to snip off the branches or the twigs or the offshoots that grow out of that. And but that leads into so many more questions of well, who gets to decide what should happen? Because absolutely, that's the first question that comes to all of our minds of well, wait a minute, the Avengers all messed with the timeline and these guys didn't show up and apprehend them like they've just apprehended Loki. So who who's deciding? Like, is there... This is a big, big question that's really kind of put out there that I'm, I don't think we're going to get resolved until maybe the end of the show of... Do any of these characters really choose what they're doing, or are their paths predetermined? So I think they're really going to play with that concept. Because Loki's point is... I didn't do anything different than the Avengers did. Yeah. Why are you guys picking on me here? And their answer is, well, because you did what you're not supposed to do. So some fascinating, fascinating concepts that, again, questions that aren't being answered yet, going to be answered probably as the show proceeds. But at least with one episode, it it probably presented as many questions as it did answers. Well, you, you realize, too, they could use the TVA from now on oh as gosh. like as they're like time fixers. So if they're like, you know what, we're gonna bring Tony Stark back. Well, he wasn't supposed to die there. They can easily just boom, pull him out, put him back in. My I don't hunch. think they will, but no. I'm just saying, like, they could easily if they needed to fix something or bring somebody back they're in gonna blow or something. Up. The TVA is gonna get blown up. You think they're dead? Hundred percent. They're gonna get it's gonna <laughs> get gonna blown die. up. And that's why we get into the And then Kang's last one. And then Kang's get into the multiverse one. of Madness. That's how we get into the multiverse. 
is the TVA is trying to keep it in a single universe. TVA is going to get blown up, and now we got multiverse action going on. Yeah, and then Kang will come out of that, be like, I must avenge my brethren. Yeah. And, and then, then... You see, I'm not sure if that's... This is all, like, projecting, guessing. Yeah. Just because they use the title with the Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. Okay, it doesn't mean that we're genuinely getting multiverses in the movies. Correct. The movies have consistently not gone the same paths that the comics have gone, even when it's been the titles that they pulled straight out of the comics, they've gone their own direction. And I really hope they keep doing that with the movies because I personally, there's a place for multiversal stuff. Yep. But I think more often than not, when that box gets opened up and you have all these multiversal toys to play with, I'm not sure it gets not sure it gets used very well. No, it's very often. Almost, Sometimes it does, but more often than not, it just makes a big mess, and then you have an event to go fix the mess and try and start fresh. It's again. almost too much to work with. Yeah, but honestly, they can do it like their DC's doing it in the sense where they can be like, okay, you know what? We want we want to bring back Tony Stark, but we don't want to put him in the main timeline. He's dead. So then they can throw him into a different timeline, and then boom. Not saying they will. Yeah, and I'm using Iron Man quite a bit, but that's like the best example off the top of my head. Yeah. Or yeah. like you know they bring in, they bring in Hydra Cap, mm-hmm. and then they bring him back to the main timeline. They're like, ah, oh, it's Cap. And then we have two Cap Americas, and then we find out, oh, this is not a good Cap. Yeah. This is a bad Cap. See, I don't think I want that. Like, I don't think. And here's the other thing: I don't think Marvel needs to go multiverse. Oh, they don't. They, they definitely don't. don't. They have so many characters. Uh, Doctor Doom, like you just mentioned. They have so many characters that they can introduce, that they can unfold for years without having to go into the multiverse realm. Yep. Like They can continue to transition away from some of the characters that have had their time, like Iron Man, like Captain America. I love, I love how... I love how the DC TV, like CW stuff, all right. their stuff, right. is basically a mess, like their comic books in yeah. the sense that you know what we're gonna have major events everybody's gonna be in their separate universes <laughs> and then that's how we'll deal with it yeah because they couldn't figure out how to get it all together no you know no. what i mean no like uh, where, where i think where i think multiverse stuff can be enjoyable is when it's utilized in a very like small portion like never Spider-verse. goes that big spider-verse is cool um but like in the comics with the new 52 when the essentially the evil versions of Superman, yep. Wonder Woman, and Batman show up. Like, that's cool. Do that. Like, give us give us nibbles. Don't give us a full meal yep. of the multiverse because that's where it gets jumbled. And it, frankly, it just never makes sense. It just doesn't. Or bring in the X-Men that way. Yeah. That's your way of bringing in characters that you didn't have access to and explain it in the sense that, okay, this is where they were. Now they're here. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because you can do that with him, you can do it with Venom, you can do it with... Well, they're already doing it with some of the Spider-Man villains, probably. Right, right. So, Maybe. I, it, that part makes me makes me really, really nervous, but I'm trying to kind of temper that that uh, that anxiousness with, you know what, they haven't... Even when they've released the titles and us fans going nuts of, oh my gosh, they're going to do this straight from the comics. Yeah. They, they've never actually done that straight from yeah. the comics. For sure. They've done a really good job of kind of curating what aspects of the comics they want to just just trust in Feige, trust in Feige, and trust yeah. in Raimi. Trust in Raimi. Yeah. So 
Craven's Last Hunt. Good first episode. I'm looking forward to seeing how they continue to pump them out. I think it's six episodes this, And they're all like, well, the first two are over 50 minutes long. Yeah, hopefully they all will be. Nice. I don't know. That'd but, be sick. Uh, that'd be really, really enjoyable because, oh, give me Owen Wilson. Just... I, have right not, I haven't heard of anyone hating on Owen Wilson. How can you? I don't know. How can you? I don't know how anyone... I like mean... Sad childhood. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like can't, the, can't hate the guy. No. He's he's impossible. Impossible to hate. So well cast. He's never in any trouble either. Correct. Like, you don't hear about him. He seems pretty low-key until he shows up in something. Yep. There, there was a time, like, sometime after Wedding Crashers where I'm... It's gonna get really dark. I'm pretty sure he like had a uh, like a suicide attempt. Like, yeah. Oh, and Wilson did. I'm, I'm serious. I'm pretty sure that was something that was uh, unfortunately took place. Fortunately, survived it. Kind of went out of the limelight for a little bit. Um, but yeah, in the last ten years or so, it's been a pretty quiet ride for for our boy, Mr. Wilson. Wow, pretty I didn't low know key. That. Yeah, yeah, but. I mean, he's Lightning McQueen. Right. But after Loki comes out, I mean, what's what's next? Are we waiting until the Eternals after that? No. Black Widow comes oh, out in July. Right. Black Widow, which is so out of out of sync since it was supposed to come out a year ago. But well, everything's a little out of sync. Nonetheless. I I think it'll be good. I Me think too. It, I think it's just yeah. going to be more of setting up the future. Do I think... I don't... One thing I know for sure, I don't want Taskmaster to be anybody like secret, like big or anything. Just no. let Taskmaster be an assassin. Yep. Like they haven't given they haven't given who the actor is that plays him. Yep. Like at all. I don't don't make it something stupid like oh it's Jeremy Renner. Or like you know you know what I mean. You're kind of trying to with the bow and arrow. Yep. yep. But, or you know, just it would be cool to see them play into the Russian Avengers. Can you imagine them having a giant bear that's their Hulk? Because that's what they have. Ursa Major. I feel pretty good about it, that. It's a dope name. And then they have Is like Colossus a, a part of that group. No, they have a they have a demon though. I'm not even making this up either. I think I still have a picture on my phone. Let's see, because I sent it to one of my buddies. Because I was like, yeah, they have a Russian Avengers, and he's like, what? He's like, yeah, they have a Russian Avenger. Yeah, here I have it. So you have you have Perun, which is the Slavic storm god. So the Russian Thor. They have oh uh, they have a Soviet Vision. <laughs> uh, they have uh, Crimson Dynamo, which is an Iron yeah. Man villain. Yeah. Uh, this this is the dude Sharonabog. Shir- or Chernobog or whatever, Slavic God of Darkness. Oh my. And then they have uh, Red Widow, which is opposite of Black Widow. Uh, and then they have uh, a Russian super soldier. And then, yeah, they have Ursa Major, and his description is World's Drunkest Bear, which is fantastic. Good title to have, I think. But, I mean, look at him. That's fantastic. Badass. That's fantastic. It's badass. Like, all of those are badass. He looks sick, too. The Slavic god of darkness. That's really great. But, yeah. So, I mean, that would be really cool to see, because they are introducing Red Guardian. A little out sure. of sure. Out, of out of shape. shape. Not in his prime. A Thor... At, basically, if Captain America went on a Thor diet in Endgame. 
is pretty much what we're getting. Sure, sure. He's yeah. pro- I, I guess he's gonna die. I wouldn't be put past him. Yeah. Like like yeah, he's a gr- dead. Like he's a, dead. Like a grenade comes in and he he's can't gone. quite roll out of the way because his stomach gets in the way. He's slow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're like, dude, if you would have just shed three more pounds, whoops, you could have full rolled out of that. <laughs> We're gonna get a lot of that in Suicide Squad. So. Oh yeah. There's gonna be so many crazy we'll people deaths. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So I hope. I mean, it sounds like I know. I know Thunderbolt Ross is going to be in that movie, mm-hmm. and I know. So I'm assuming him and Black Widow are going to be working together, and that's a guess, though. Maybe we'll see him set up as Red Hulk. Sure. Ah. And then, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is supposed to be in it, hmm. because this is right after Civil. Yeah. Is it right after Civil War? After Civil War. So. Yeah, between Civil War and Infinity War. So. I don't know what his deal is going to be because he's the one who told her to get on the run. Yeah. Like, you betrayed me. Go away. So, yeah. but I, 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 from what I've heard, I don't know if he's actually in it or not. Yeah. Or what capacity. See. You know, I wish that they would take Thor in particular. And I know it's cool they're making more Thor movies, but I think they could actually do more content. And like we had talked about a couple weeks ago, go even more cosmic. Like, yes. do the Lord of the Rings thing with... Thor, yes. if you gave him regular, like, yearly TV series. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be great. Like, 12 episodes every year, 50 minutes an episode. Even if they found, like, a, a young Thor. Maybe not Chris Hemsworth, but they found a guy that looked like a younger version of him. Yeah, I want Hemsworth. I love me. I, I, I do, I, too. I love Hemsworth. I do, too, but it would be fun to explore the cocky, like, before he gets Mjolnir. The battle axe. I think you still got enough cockiness in him right now. You can oh, still, for sure. You can but... still lean into it. But that would be great. Like the humor that character possesses and yet just the sheer untapped potential of all the realms that they haven't explored in detail yet would be would be so cool. Would be so cool. I'm just like thinking through TV shows and the, the shows they've announced, the shows they've had come out. I was thinking, man, who do I wish had a show for? Like I know he's got movies. But I wish he had a show. I, I would I would eat that up. I'm trying to think of like who would be another good character to just like explore like certain aspects. That's what I've been thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to do I'm just trying to think. So like if you want to do like the grittier you know, New York, then that's Daredevil. Like Hell's Kitchen, you can introduce all the street level Netflix shows were so good. Yes. Daredevil, Punisher. Oh, Punisher was fantastic. Bring back John Bernthal for yes. me, please. Yes, do it. I think he'd come back in a heartbeat too. I think he said that. That'd be fantastic. And then he was uh, perfect as Frank Castle. And dude, you know how bad I would love Tom Holland versus Vincent Donfrio's Kingpin. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, because it's an instant win. Instant. <coughs> There's that uh, sneeze that was supposed to happen an hour ago. I was going to say, that's been building for a while. Yes. Finally emerged. It finally emerged. Like a caterpillar from a cocoon. <laughs> uh, Good for you with your sneeze butterfly. Yes, thank you. Got it. Thank you. But I'm trying to think of like... Because, yeah, Thor would be good for the Nine Realms. You know? Space, honestly... Space would be really cool just with Star-Lord. Yeah. 
just having Chris Pratt go yep. through because he's kind of like that space cowboy-esque vibe where you can just yep. take him places and it would be fun you know yeah be pretty tough to beat Guardians of the Galaxy Thor their own separate TV show runs that'd be a lot of fun I think, but, we're, I think we're going to start seeing some new rosters too I think the rosters are going to really switch up in this next phase yeah and that's it's it's time for that, right? Like you've yeah. had a good decade with the existing roster, so it's time to get some changeover. You can always go back to the previous stuff if you want. It holds up well. That's something I'm looking forward to doing. Is I would love to rewatch WandaVision, rewatch Bucky, or sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I, I think there's a lot of good material there. So, like, do you think they're gonna call it the New Avengers? Like, you think they're gonna go by the New Avengers, or is it just gonna be Avengers Four? Or I should say Avengers 5. I think they'll, I don't think they'll go into Avengers. I think they'll just keep calling it the Avengers with its own little tag title. Little tagline? Yep. Yep. I think they kind of set that precedence with Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, you know, they never went Avengers 2. And even with, uh, they almost went, you know, part 1 and part 2 with the Infinity War yep. saga. And instead they said Infinity War and then Endgame. So I think, I think they're just going to stick with the Avengers. It's a good. They've established the brand, yeah, right? For sure. And so I don't think they need to mess with it by calling it the new anything. They can just say, nope, Avengers, Good. and here's this chapter. Because I feel like we're going to get a Young Avengers, but I would almost prefer that as a series over it a... It will be. I think it will be. Over a movie. No doubt. No doubt. I think there's so much there's so much money to be made with TV shows uh, that it's not really a risk. Like People are going to watch right. it. People are going to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Oh, for that sure. feeds right into Marvel, which in turn allows them to just make bank on their movies. Oh, so sure. it's just a it's a really good self-sustaining model that they've established. Not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, man. Next month, next month, Black Widow. I'm, I can't wait to go, dude. I went back to the theater for like the first time in a while, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, I missed the movie theater, man. I miss the movie it's theaters. It's in there. I went and saw Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Oh my gosh, that was great. I don't that know if I've seen great. that. Super good. No, oh. super good. Is that the guy from Breaking Bad? Better Call okay. Saul. Yeah. <coughs> and he was also in Incredibles two. Oh he voiced the That's one right. dude. That's right. Good Pixar pull on your part. Nicely done. Uh, I know my cartoons. You... But I know my cartoons. <laughs> you know them. Uh. Know and then, yeah, I saw I saw an anime movie, but in the the movie theater like yep. next to my place. Yep. They have like recliners. Yes. And a waitress. It's all it takes. You're in. I shat myself when I went in. <laughs> I literally sat down. Was and this I'm a like, Flix brew house? No, it was Palm Theaters. Okay. Um, I legit go in there, didn't know what to expect, because yep. I'm used to my, my hometown, the Cedar Falls, <laughs> Waverly Theaters, and I sit down. You just sit and watch. And I was like, what is this? And then I, there's buttons on the sides, there's like yep. a seat warmer, and there's reclining, and I was like, reclines, and I'm messing with the buttons, and the headrest reclines too, oh my and I was like, what? And then, living. and then I legit watched this lady deliver a burger to the people in front of us, and I was like, what? What is all of this? It's magical. That's how you should watch movies. Oh, I experienced that for the first time probably five or six years ago at a Flix brew house. So cross between a microbrewery restaurant and a movie theater. I think I've heard of that. Where's Fantastic. that at? Uh, Des Moines. 
and I don't remember what part of Des Moines now. I'm but just going to look it up. That was great. That was a fun experience. Good food, good time. Um, they had the seats elevated so that when your waiter and waitresses come out to bring you your food, like they're not walking in front of your line of vision. Oh, that's nice. So pretty clutch, pretty clutch setup. But yeah, the Ames, Ames has two theaters. The Cinemark is just meh, but then the North Grand has really nice reclining seats. Dude, I it's can't. Live. I can't go back to no. like another theater. No, I have to go there every time. Now. No, they they ruined me. Yeah, they legit ruined me. They do that for you. So when I go see Black Widow over there, it's good. It's and good. I cry tears because the seats are so fantastic. They have all the movies that okay, Black Widow, the Top Gun Maverick movie. Like I'll go see that. I probably won't go see that. I'll eat that up. It looks so cool. There's fighter jets, man. You gotta see that. Gotta see that. Um, the new James Bond movie. I'll go see that. I'll probably go see that. I'll eat that up. And there's, I mean, I'm sure there's others I'm not thinking of, but it's good to it's good to have movie theaters opening back up, getting to see some good flicks. Thank it's God, great. it's great. We're, We're back at it, back baby. Let's go. We're in it, but we're in it. With with that, let's let's get out of it. Yeah, let's wrap it I, up. I think that's about it. Uh, mm. Make sure you like, subscribe, yada yada yada. You know the rest, ladies and gentlemen. You bet. We're, this isn't our first rodeo, so... Drink your bubbly. And your mason jar and water mason that I jars. already emptied. That's right. So That's right. Good for you. Yeah. On that note, uh, God bless. Take care, folks.